irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. All right, showtime. All right, another Tuesday night here at Delhi Radio. Oh, Alan, talk again. Another wonderful Tuesday night at Delhi Radio. Okay. Am I on? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're on now. This is, that's mic four. Well, thank you. Thank you for including me in the show. <laughs> Oh, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I know everyone out there had turkey and other things to eat. Yeah, uh, my my Thanksgiving was pretty cool. My grandmother came in, and you know my grandma, she's like nuts, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she suffers from this uh, thing called Alzheimer's, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a very serious disease. I think it is. It's a very serious disease. Uh, It's not funny to joke about Alzheimer's. Uh, Basically, you forget stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was shopping with my grandmother, right, for Thanksgiving dinner. And, uh, you know, we were just walking down the aisles. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Grandma. And she looks at me, and I just pointed to a dude. I was like, hey, that's your grandson, Timmy. <laughs> and she goes up to him, and she's like, oh, Timmy, happy Thanksgiving. And Timmy's like, I don't even know who you are, you know. And then she turns to me, and she's like, Keith, he didn't recognize me. And I was like, yeah, I think he has Alzheimer's. You said you were not going to make fun of it. I wasn't making fun of it. I'm just saying that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, and um, then we saw movies and stuff. I saw. Mm. I took her to see Creed and uh, The Martian and Frankenstein. All and, three like that? Uh, yeah. Wow. And, and I told her all three of the movies were named Creed. So when she came home for Thanksgiving dinner, you know, she's explaining uh, The Martian to my mom. She's like. Oh my God! It was such a great movie. Uh, Matt Damon was in it, and he was on Mars, and he got stuck. And it was oh my God! And my mom's like, "What's it called?" And she's like, "Creed." Now, <laughs> see, that's the thing about Thanksgiving. We all do play jokes on each other and into yeah. these huge arguments. Oh no, my my grandmother's kind of kind of kind of nuts. You know, mm. is it just me or is it like uh, what? What's that? Yeah, it's my throat, like. I don't know. You sound very clear. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's, a, it's a Keith Razor we all know and love. Oh, maybe I I, uh, yeah. I think I drank too much NyQuil or something. Oh, I didn't realize you were on NyQuil tonight. I remember one time I, I had a little NyQuil and you thought that it had something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, um, it's a rough life, Alan, I'll tell you. We chose this road. We did? Hmm. I chose stand-up comedy. You wanted to do the podcast. <laughs> I was just like, huh, whatever. It's still a road. Yeah. A road. Well, what happened last week? Uh, last week was awesome. It was an excellent we show. We had a great show. We had Jeff Richards, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Richards. That was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I That was my favorite show. I got a, I got a tweet, you know, and uh, they're like, hey, was that really your favorite show? And I was like, yeah. I wouldn't have said it if it wasn't my favorite show. And tonight, yeah. tonight yeah. I think is going to be a great show because we have yeah. Steve Trevino. I'm, we're both familiar with Steve Trevino. Yeah, yeah. Um, Steve's an excellent comedian. He has Indeed. two stand-up specials: one called Grandpa Joe's Son, and the other called Relatable. Relatable, which is on Netflix. I watched Relatable. It was. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying this, but 
it was one of the funniest specials I've ever seen. It was indeed. And uh, you know what it is? Because, like, it was so... The humor was just so relatable. Like, I don't have a wife and a, and a kid, you know, but it related to me, you know? In what, I'm sorry if you don't want me asking you, in what way? Well, because, like, the wife jokes, you know? Yeah. It related to me because uh, my mom's crazy. Oh, that, yeah, I see. I see. I had a moment to connect that. Yeah. You and, are. you know, uh, uh, I've dated some crazy ladies. You know, I, I, you've told me in the car a number of times. <laughs> and so you're um, texting furiously. And my grandmother's crazy. So yeah. I have experience with But crazy. you're not, though. You're not crazy. No, no. I once went out with Amanda Bynes. That was nuts. <laughs> She was uh, uh, I never told you that? No, I don't think. Amanda, refresh my memory because I don't recall that. Amanda Bynes. I mean, yeah. it wasn't really. Whatever. It wasn't really one of your real loves or of the many loves of uh, Keith mm. Reza? That sounds like a show. <laughs> Keith Reza. All, all my loves have been yeah. you know, three lap dances in a row. Oh. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's sad. No, it's not sad. Uh, man, it wasn't really a. No. It yeah. was a coffee thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but she was crazy she was totally like well they were out there because the thing is yeah. like she was a, she was a celebrity or mm-hmm. is a celebrity or whatever mm-hmm. and some dude took her picture yeah yeah she just went nuts she's like oh. you can't take my picture give me your phone and she took his phone and she threw it on the ground oh. and i was like oh the fame is not uh didn't she doesn't like her picture taken i mean no the she's, attention she's crazy oh. like really crazy oh. so i had to get out of there mm-hmm, you know what i mean mm-hmm. well i was like I'm done, you know? Actually, she said it, and it was done with me. But anyways, the point is, is I had to run. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. It's yeah, not like your yeah. Gary Busley story, where, you know, you're in a movie with him, and he doesn't even, he's like, hey, Alan, I was in a movie with you. Huh? Yeah, I know. He, we had a hard time that day. Yeah. He, it was like you said, Al, Al, Alzheimer's. He couldn't Alzheimer's. remember. <laughs> Alzheimer's. It's a funny word, Alzheimer's. Um... But I did get good news. I might get on what? that Dana Carvey show with my impressions. You, oh no, no! I just helped. We just, just we did a shoot. Yeah. We did a, we did a, a shoot out there in the uh, you, in here in uh, uh, in the hills. Yeah, you just helped me do. Mm-hmm. Um, the lighting was a little off, but I, I I we had we didn't have enough time to set the lights. Well, it's kind of hard because like I don't have a professional camera. That's true. So I like to film stuff on my cellular mm-hmm. phone. Well, the 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 light was what we call natural light because. We were like, you know, over there at McDonald's. Yeah. And uh, McDonald's we... <laughs> has the best coffee. Have you ever noticed that? It's like Starbucks says they have the best coffee, but McDonald's is actually better and it's cheaper. I think it's not as pricey. Um, I, I enjoy it. I've yeah. never had any problems with it. There's a lot of homeless people at McDonald's. Maybe that's why it's good. Well, you know, uh, it could be. It could be. But again, you know, I'm not the one to judge uh, the homeless for their taste in coffee. Uh, you and I don't. We don't care. We just drink whatever. Wait, don't care about the homeless or care about? No, no, the we don't care about the I, coffee. I, I mean, I know you. you I care I've seen about you the care homeless. About, yeah, many times I, you. I've seen you dig in your wallet like, and uh, pull out a couple of uh, shekels. One time, uh, I accidentally gave a homeless guy a hundred dollar bill. Oh, it was the worst day of my life. That was kind of generous. Because very generous. I think it was mm-hmm. around Christmas time or something. I don't know why I was so generous well, that day. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a generous person. Well, Christmas could do yeah. that to to you. You know, because I'm an angry person. You know what I mean? I'm full of hate. You know. Uh, I don't want people to get that impression of you. Yeah, because they only know me for an hour. <laughs> but 
I'm very hateful. Like I say mean things mm-hmm. to every. Like yeah, I told yeah. my dad, like my dad the other day, yeah, I was yeah. having a conversation with my dad. I was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, dad," Rrr, you know, stuff wow. like that. And he was like, "Ooh," and like he went to his room because he was scared of my hate. Anyways, the point is, yes. <laughs> the point is, I saw a homeless guy once, and I gave him a bill. I thought it was a one dollar bill, and then when I got home, I realized I gave him a hundred dollar bill, and I was like, "Well, how did you? Did you sort of say, well, that was fate, karma?'" No, no, it was good karma. But, you know, I remember when I did it, my mom was like, because uh, my mom was with me, and she's like, oh, he's just going to spend that yeah. on booze and drugs, you know? And I was which like, is, oh. Which is pretty normal for you, right? Yeah. I'm just joking. Oh, no. And I was like, I don't, I don't do booze. For the people out there, I'm just joking. I don't do booze or drugs. You can, you can look at, at Keith's picture and know that that's not the case. <laughs> really, Every, no. Everyone thinks I do. I don't know why, but whatever. Anyways. The point is, so my mom's like, he's the homeless guy's just gonna spend it on booze and drugs. And I was like, oh, it's better than giving it to dad, you know? He's gonna, oh. he's gonna spend it on prostitution. Oh, I don't know. I thought you, your dad is such a nice man. He's such a sweet man. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I remember that your dad got you a, a podcast kit. Remember, and we I came over and we were trying to put and it we together. Couldn't figure no, it out. It was and weird. We it was like to, an erector set. We had to do this podcast. All right, I've had enough of you. Are you ready to call <laughs> the man of the hour? I I certainly am. All right, uh, Steve Trevino is one of the funniest guys yes. in the world, and he's being cool. And we're calling him right now. Connecting. Maybe we should have done a test. Well, you know, I uh, I'm only uh, here to. Oh, it's ringing. Hello, Steve. Hey, Steve. It's Keith. What's up, buddy? How are you? Good, man. Thanks for doing the podcast. Yes, thanks so much, Steve. You're on with us, and uh, thank you for being with us uh, tonight. Steve, this is Alan Lee, my trusty sidekick. Alan Lee, this is Steve. Thank you. How are you, fellow? How are you, Steve? And, uh, you know, I, I uh, realize that we're both from Texas. I just wanted to throw that in there immediately. We're all, we're all three <laughs> oh, from wow, Texas. Oh, wow, dude. Where are you from, man? What part? Houston. Houston, Texas, or Houston. Oh, see, you, you know hot and humid. Oh, God, you know, it's like uh, uh, I do most of my comedy in some of the saunas here, and and it always reminds me of home. <laughs> oh, dude, believe me, the people people in California oh, complain dude. when it's 90 oh. degrees. I'm like, okay, you don't know 98 degrees oh, my God. and humidity 100%. Thank you. It's um, It's actually really cold out in California right now. It's cool. It's a little colder than... than well, Keith, yeah, Keith is funny. I mean, he's probably saying it's cold and it's, what, 65? Yeah. It might be. I didn't really it's, check. It's, he, it's not that cold. No, it, it's pretty cold. I, I had to wear a jacket, a vest, and oh, a sweater. Dear. Oh, my God. But, um... <laughs> but, no, I'm from Texas, too. I'm from San Antonio. So. Yeah, that's right. You yeah, I, I, Oh, that's right. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I, I was born in San Antonio, Texas. So. Very good. And then your dad, your dad moved you guys out to Orange County, huh? Uh, yeah, my mom uh, decided to move to California to meet my dad, and that's how it worked. So, uh, and the, it, yeah, the, and, it, and it all went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. But um, so Alan, a little about Steve. Uh, mm-hmm. I've um, I've been a huge fan of Steve's stand-up yes. for ever, you know, and I actually got to do the autism awareness show with him okay uh not last year but the year before oh, i didn't know that yeah and he was the headliner mm-hmm. and um it, it was awesome because Great. i i've always wanted to work with steve fantastic and i actually got on the show mm-hmm. because i'm autistic 
Like I didn't ask for it. You know, they just put me on it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I went to go do a radio interview with Steve. I made Steve, I, I don't know if I made you feel uncomfortable, but I, I just realized maybe I'd drawn myself. I was like, so Steve, uh, can I open up for you at the improv? That's a good no, question. No, but you know what, I'll, dude, I'll be honest with you, man. A lot, of, a lot of comics don't ask, you know, and it's one of those deals where it's like, you got to ask. I mean, Thank you. Never, you never know who's going to say yes. And, you know, I really enjoyed working with you at the, the autism benefit. So after that, we ended up getting to work together at the Irvine Improv. Yeah, we also did Brea together, too. Yeah, no, it was great. And, and it's one of those deals where it's like, if you didn't ask, I, I probably wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have asked you and not because I don't think you're funny, but it's because, you know, we all move about our lives and, yeah. and that's how, that's how I got on the road. I asked a lot, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, the th- I remember on the autism awareness show, I asked you to watch my set and you took time. You know, I only got a five minute spot cause I wasn't technically on the show, but Steve actually watched the full five minutes and then he's like you're a great writer and i was like oh that's awesome you know what i mean like when a headliner says that to you and you're struggling that gives you a pat on the bat i think so yeah well you know i'm a i'm a huge fan of of stand-up comedy and the process of stand-up comedy the you know the writing the different styles the different perspectives i mm-hmm. mean i'm such a mm-hmm. i'm such a fan of stand-up comedy mm-hmm. that you know, when somebody young says, "Hey, check me out," I, I I usually do, and I and I and I also want to help, and I also want to, you know, if I have a tag for them or if I have maybe some advice on how to make their set better, I you know I usually try to keep, put it out there for them, and you know, take it or leave it. Sometimes, sometimes I guess people inside are like, "Well, who screw Steve? Like, who does he think he is to tell me, you know, whatever?" But I mean, I just I love stand up so much that I always want to talk about stand up or, or you know, and that's the thing about the guys that I take on the road if. If we're driving somewhere, our conversations pretty much are about stand-up, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, um, I saw a video of you when you were a kid. You did stand-up. And I wanted to talk yeah, about Yeah, dude, I, I started doing stand-up as a young, young boy. And, and I remember when I, my first stand-up was on a picnic table at a barbecue. And I was reciting Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh, yeah. and shoot, I must have been like eight years old. Wow! And all the all the moms were like, "Who lets their <laughs> kid talk like that?" You know what I mean? <laughs> and and all the dads are just loving it. They think it's the funniest thing that ever happened. So, you know, I always wanted to be a stand up, and I think that sometimes when I get bummed out about my career, I have to remember that I'm bummed out because I've been doing comedy since I was eight. Yeah. You know, and and if I look at my career of when I actually really started doing stand up. I've only been doing stand-up for 15 years, and I think I've accomplished uh, quite a bit in that time. Well, that's you know, a lot, 15 years. Bro. Yeah, because, <clears> um, <throat> you know, it, it seems within the past, you know, five years, you've really took it up to a next step. You know what I mean? And Yeah, I, I remember hearing one time that, like, somebody said, like, after seven years, you should be able to, you know, quit your job and make a living. After 10 years, you should start headlining and then after 15 years is when you start getting things like TV and TV shows and movies and et cetera. Yeah. See that advice? And, and I've, come, I've come to believe that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just don't think that advice works for me because, you know. Uh, I'm kind of behind the curve myself. <laughs> I, think my, I think my Asperger's pushes me a few years away, you know. Well, Rodney Dangerfield, yeah, I mean, remember how long he was around knocking around? 
but yeah, no, Ronnie Ronnie Dangerfield came back at forty, you yeah. know, and and didn't didn't get a career until he was in his fifties. And yeah. so um, but, but at the same time, I also think that you know, seven years doing stand up, it, it's I mean that's kind of a relative term because you know some guys don't have any job, but they work the comedy store door and they do comedy a lot more than the the guy behind them. You know what mm, I mean? Correct. So it's, I think it's yeah. I think it's more about stage time and and how much time you're you're able to get on stage and how much time and effort you're able to put into stand up, you know? Well, see, that was another question I wanted to ask you cuz um we talked to Jeff Richards a couple of weeks ago about being a door guy at a comedy club and you were a door guy at the Addison uh comedy club. The Improv. The Improv. And Yeah, I, you know, I started I started working the door there. Yeah, no. And honest opinion, uh, because when you started doing that, you know, the stand-up game was different, you know. But now for a young comedian, do you think that's a good advice to get a job as a door guy at a comedy club? Um, Yes and no. I mean, you know, yes, it's definitely a different game. But, you know, the, the idea of being a door guy is it allows you to be at the comedy club all the time. Yeah, and you see great. You know, and and... Yeah, and you see great comics, and you get to, and and it's one of those deals when when you work there, you know, the headliners and and the guys that are coming through, they'll talk to you because mm-hmm. you work there, and they and they kind of have to. And when you're a door guy at the comedy store, you know, you're parking their cars, so you're you're talking to them directly, mm-hmm. or or you're standing in the back and that's you're wearing that comedy store shirt, and that just gives them more reason to to talk to you. And, and if they don't talk to you. You know, just being around it and, and kind of being a fly on the wall while mm-hmm. while other older guys are talking. I mean, I just think it's a huge, huge benefit to work the door. You know, when I when I worked the door in Addison, it, it was such an advantage for me because not only would I work the door, I would pick them up at the airport. I would also wake up early in the morning on oh. Thursday and Friday to take them I, I to did, do press. I press. didn't realize that. that yeah, wow. that's cool. I didn't realize the door people. I, I, I didn't think you, you went that far. Yeah. Do, do all door people pick up no, people? Well, not necessarily. I, um, I would say some, not all, but I I made sure that I did. You know, that's I would tell the manager, idea. like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll be there. That's yeah. a great idea. You know, because whenever I get and, off and the it, plane, I do Uber. <laughs> Uber didn't yeah. exist then. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but, you know, I also knew that these headliners were in town with no car. And I'd be like, hey, man, here's my number. Whatever you guys want to do, if you want to go, you know, downtown to see where JFK got shot or if you want me to take you to a grocery store or to a restaurant, <laughs> I'll be happy to do it. And maybe nine times out of ten, they'd call me and go, hey, take me here, take me there. And, you know, I met David Tell that way. I met Brian Regan that way. I met uh, Mitch Hedberg that way. Oh, so Mitch I was Hedberg. able to become friends with these guys only because I worked there. Oh, that's awesome. You know, we didn't mean you to, know. you know, we just made, you made us really crack up just now. You said, we, we, we both just cracked up here. That, we had, we that's had, like a, that's <laughs> like a scary place to, uh, no, I mean, no, but it's part of, you know, people do want to see that, but yeah, uh, it's funny I, how, I, how he I, said I, that. I, I laughed. I just, we burst out laughing. Yeah. Steve. I, <laughs> I've been there, but I mean, I, you know, I remember when I went there, I you was know. like, Five or six, I remember. Because the thing is, did your is, dad take you there? My biological dad did, yeah. Um, but yeah. the thing is, with Asperger's, like I was, I was so fascinated with presidents, oh, and okay. JFK was my favorite president. And he took me to the place where he got killed, and then oh. I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> little trip. 
little trauma <laughs> there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, way to ruin uh, my hero. <laughs> well, but you know, I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story. I don't know if you know who Tom Wilson is. Yeah. He's um, Biff, Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah. He, okay. I love it. And, and he's, I mean, he's such a great guy and such a great, a really funny performer. I mean, he's just an amazing performer, super talented. And the same thing, I asked him, I said, hey, man, I go, can I, uh, you know, I'll give you a ride anywhere you need to go. Just call me. And he goes, no, nah, I'll take the bus. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. He's like, he's like, I like to take the bus all over towns. Uh, you know, any city I go to, I just take the bus. <laughs> so, you know, the, 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 uh, the Dealey Plaza was, is probably, you know, a good 30 miles away from the comedy club. Uh-huh. And I see him that evening. He was like, dude, should have called you. <laughs> forever on the bus <laughs> long ride long ride to the plaza tom um uh, tom wilson's great but, yeah but you know fast fast forward years later and and you know me seeing him here and there and and mm. you know us kind of getting you know being friends or whatever i'm in uh i'm at the dfw airport and i'm flying to god knows where and i hear chirino chirino and i turn around and it's tom wilson and it was it was one of those surreal moments where I was like, never in a million years that I that I would think that Biff would call my name so I could talk to him. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and it was cool. It was just one of those really cool moments, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, especially because like he, you know, he's always been big at stand up, but that that was when he was probably you know really really popular. You know, like he's still popular, but that was when a lot of people knew of him. Does that make sense? I don't want to insult Tom on my show. I'm not trying to. Well, no, I mean, you know, he's one of those guys that everywhere he goes, people are like, Biff. Yeah. Biff. They, yeah. They, I mean, because it recognize was such him. a famous movie. Sure. You know what I mean? That's like a classic. Well, yeah, because like when I do shows with Norm, you know, only Saturday Night Live people know who he is. You know, everyone else knows him as a stand-up. Oh, you know, yeah. that, that's what I'm trying to say. And I personally know Tom as a stand up. Yeah. Like, it was Steve is saying that thing about Tom Wilson and Biff. They, they yeah. say Biff, Biff, and they, yeah. not with Norm. They don't say, Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live, Norm. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Like, right. you know. Well, and it's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Larry the Cable Guy, his real name is Dan Whitney. And he was doing stand up as Dan Whitney for years. And then one of his stand up buddy gets, buddies gets a radio show. And Larry uh, Dan Whitney would call in, and and redneck it up. And one day they go, somebody calls in and they go, "Who is that guy?" And the radio DJ on a whim goes, "Oh, that's our buddy Larry. He's the cable guy here." Oh God, that's great! <laughs> wow, talk about that's a good way to that's, come up yeah. with a good name, and it works yeah, for so, him too. So every time they would call, they'd be like, "Hey, we're checking in with Larry, our cable guy." So then what happened was the radio show got really popular. And he would go out to perform as Dan Whitney, and people would boo him because they wanted to see Larry the Cable Guy. So wow. finally, Dan Whitney was like, "Well, screw it! I'll just be Larry the Cable Guy." And that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how he became Larry the Cable Guy. That's a cool story. Like now, now, Steve, I wanted to ask you something. Um, it says you were a writer on Minor Mencia, and. Yes. Uh, I know nothing about that show because I don't really know a lot about Carlos Mencia, and it's weird because I'm a stand-up. But the thing I do know about write is writing because mm-hmm. I want to be a writer. Now, any tips for people who want to do writing? Like, was that a sitcom or was that? Uh, yeah, it might have been. Sitcom. It was. 
it was like a sketch comedy sketch show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was touring with Mencia when he was in the process of getting that show, and and I was already. I mean, he was already doing all my material mm-hmm. anyway, so. <laughs> Um, you know, the, you know, I, he asked me to be a writer, and, and initially I was going to be more of a performer than a writer. So, um, but Mencia wasn't having it, so I ended up being a writer. And I don't, I couldn't tell you how to become a writer or how to get on a show. I only got on the show because yeah. I was already touring sure. with with Mencia. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, man, I, I learned a lot, and I, and I realized that that being the, being a writer is the way to be. I mean, it's it's really sad that like, okay, let's say a TV show airs like a pilot airs and it doesn't do well. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. pilot goes away. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, those actors are the ones that get blamed, which is interesting to me. So a lot of those actors are comedians that have shows and they don't work. They don't get to go on and work another show. That that's true. But, but yeah. the same writers go on that made that show fail. They just keep working. Wow. Yeah. And and that's a that's amazing to me. It's like how come how come nobody goes, wait a minute, maybe the writer stunk. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that's I, interesting. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that because I watch a lot of sitcoms and um the thing is like I don't know Steve, are you familiar with a stand up named Drake Sather? Um, no, I'm not. Uh Drake Sather was a uh, a stand-up comedian. He was on the 13th Young Comedian Special in 87. Uh, he was hysterical. He had, you know, dark jokes. Like, one of his most famous jokes was, uh, I cut myself shaving, and I uh, cut my Adam's apple, and I got apple juice everywhere. And <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was a great comic, but he was never huge, you know, he was known as a writer. So he'd write material for Spade or Dennis mm-hmm. Miller. And then he he wrote news radio, and news radio was a huge hit. And then wow, yeah. Then when it got canceled, he moved on to something called a remake of Ed. Ed was bomb- bombed, you know, horribly, and he got right. blamed because he was rewriting it. And then he wrote Zoolander, and then he killed himself. And that's what it, you know what he mean. He he ended it all. Yeah, he, he after Zoolander. Yeah, wow. he, yeah, he killed himself. And that's the thing with writers yeah. is like they don't get blamed for the failures, but it seems like when they move on to a next project, if that project doesn't work, then it'll start going on to them. You know what I mean? And with actors, you well, you're right. Yeah. right. The three strikes and you're out. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. And with actors, well, the third either, strike for him was a big one. Wasn't yeah. It? And with actors, you wow. get one strike hit or miss. If it's a hit, you get another strike. You know, and right. Writers, well, I mean, it's all. I mean, it's all relative, and I, I mean, I learned that, that you know these, you know, a lot of these TV shows are are being written by these, you know, these Harvard grads that mm-hmm. that come. You know, I mean, I've been paired up with writers to write my sitcom. You know, my last experience was was with these two guys, um, Seth and Danny, and they were they were like really yuppie mm-hmm. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean. Really, Hollywood kids and and sure. kind of Harvard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. writers and and dude, me and me and them didn't see eye to eye at all, you know. And is that but here I am here I am stuck with these writers that that have no idea where I come from and who I am and and my sense of you know and I'm stuck with them, you know. Wow. Now is that what? Because I mean, I know you were you you were writing a sitcom. I mean, it, what's the progress? Is that is that still in the air, or is that or is that why it's not? 
it's staying closed doors well, right now. With the man, we, we fought like crazy, like cats and dogs, and we just couldn't get along. And in my opinion, we turned in a really, really crummy script that didn't represent who I was and and my stand-up. But at the moment, I now have a writer that I'm really proud to work with. And, and you know, I'm working with David Hemelfarb, who you know, um, and David's a, an amazing producer. And I think now we're on the right page. So we're in the process of writing writing my new pilot. So we'll see. You know, I feel like this time will be well represented. Yeah. And um, the thing is, is because, like, I want a sitcom, but when I get a sitcom, I want writers. And that's the thing. I think writers make the sitcom good because you don't really have to be an actor to have a sitcom. And that's the thing that people don't understand. But you don't want you don't want a Harvard yuppies. As well, yeah. Said. Like, if I you mean, get Seth, what if you get Seth? I'd tell Seth what? I'd be like, bye. You know, like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not that easy, but I mean, you, you, you know, that's the goal is to find somebody, find somebody that gets your voice, yeah, yeah, that yeah. understands, that understands the jokes that you want to tell exactly. and the story that you, you want to tell, and, you know. and and that's the thing when it's a collaboration, they have to understand who you are, you yeah, know, and if they sure. don't, and you know, like these guys that I was working with, they wanted to do what they wanted to do, yeah. they wanted to write their show, and it's yeah. like, well, wait a minute, we're writing my show, yeah. That that's what I'm saying because like, if you notice a lot of the shows that are really successful, the writers have a connection with the star. For example, okay, Rules of Engagement. David Spade was the star of that show. And okay? the writers, right? Okay, the writer who created it, his name was Tom Hertz. He used to be a stand-up, and I know this. I know all this about the show because my uncle was one of the stars on the show, and Tom was a great stand-up. But he used to write with David Spade. Mm-hmm. So all of David Spade's right. material came from that that connection because he had a familiarity. Like, yes. like Steve said, and it was, it was a it was a hit. Mm-hmm. It was a hit TV show, mm-hmm. and that's what I think. You know, like on your TV show, you know, like Jesus, you know, get him in as a writer because he knows you. He knows your right. stand up. You know what I mean? You could, you know what I'm saying? Like he could no, help. No, absolutely. Well, that's the that's the thing too. The writer that I'm paired up with now used to write on Kids in the Hall and and mad tv and and um the tonight show so and and he's an ex stand up yeah so when me and him work we work like a couple of stand ups yeah. you know sure That's... and when you're when you're working with these writers who you know they're just, i mean don't get me wrong there's probably writers out there that went to harvard and and are very hollywood that are amazing writers of course right but yeah. it just didn't it just didn't work for me you know what i mean yeah but see, Steve, so it, it is a matter of, of pairing up with that right person, and and that, and for me, you know, this guy that I'm working with is, is an ex stand up, and he gets the stand up world, you know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get exactly. That's what I'm saying. And like, I've hung out with you a few times, Steve. You know, I've I've opened for you a few times, and like, whenever I do, I just say, you know what, Steve's going to have his own sitcom. So, you know, like I could see that. I could see something going around. You know what I mean? So I know just because your bad experience with the writers didn't work i know it's a blessing in disguise because you're going to get that hit tv show well i mean i hope so and i appreciate that keith but you also have to understand that i'm mexican-american and i don't i don't fit i don't fit what they want to hear and that's one of the obstacles that i'm really having to overcome is is to explain to these networks that yes i'm mexican-american but um you know uh my race is not the punchline yeah. And the, these networks, they just want to keep buying these shows that continue to, to to 
to play that that Latino stereotype stereo, over and over and that. over. Yeah. And they don't understand that the comedy that I'm doing represents Latinos in a different way. They and just it, can't and, see and it. it. So and, that's, that's another obstacle, you know. And it's universal. You know, your humor is universal. It, it doesn't have to be tagged like that and, you know, can still come from who you are. Well, well you, you you get it. I yeah, get it. Keith yeah. gets it. You know, but these, these executives, they look at my scripts and they look at my act and they go, how do we sell this? The suits. You know, he's 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 not giving us the Mexican. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, you know what the coolest thing about podcasts is is, is um whatever you say it'll be on record forever. So Steve, I'm, yeah. I, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna. What are you gonna say? No, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something from the heart, and I'm okay. gonna mean it. All and right. you know, I'm right here. To if it ever happens, yeah. you know, you could just say, "Hey, play this podcast," and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I said that." Steve, I promise you, if I ever get a sitcom of my show you'll be the star on it too i promise you well, that, I, right? I, I appreciate that man and we, and, we will we'll and, and write it just how you want your character to be well and nice. that's the thing about Very that's nice. the thing about stand-up you know and and when i go to and i wish i had started my stand-up career in new york i mean the way the way that new york comics help each other the way that new york comics look out for each other the way that the New York comedy scene is is just so much different than Los Angeles. And, you know, uh, I told Steve, you. Steve I, I want you to go on about that because it's it's funny. You just picked my brain because that's you know, true. That's why I, I'm so. But you know how I'm so in love with Norm because he takes care of comics. You yeah, know? yeah, he's Los making Angeles a great point. Don't. I want Steve. Would you go ahead and talk, uh, talk about that just a touch more? Uh, New York. Yeah, comics. you know, I mean, you know, when you look at these New York comics, you know, they. They put people on stage because mm-hmm. they're good, because they're good stand-ups, and mm-hmm. and Hollywood doesn't do that. Hollywood puts up comics because they're on a TV show, or oh because they're they're the hot new yeah. comic, you know. And and New York, they don't care about that. They don't care if you're on a TV show mm-hmm. or not. They care if you're good, you get to go on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah truth. If, if if you're not good and you're on a TV show, we don't care. We're not going to let you on our stage because you're on a TV show. You're going to be on our stage because you're a good stand-up comedian. And, and I think, you know, you, you see those guys that are out there that are edgy, that have something to say, yeah. That, yeah. that have opinions. And, and L.A.'s, you know, you go, you go look at some of these L.A. comics who are, who are on the lineups at the big clubs in town, and you go, really? Like, who cares? I, I agree with that because, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 28. I'm still, you know, I mean, I've hit my 10 year mark in stand up but I'm still I'm still past opening like I'm I just got you know featuring I'm not headlining or whatever sure. but I, yeah. I go to the Hollywood Improv for example I'll give you an example Hollywood Improv I can't get into I just can't no matter how I try I send my clips I send my mm-hmm. availabilities I do the open mic yeah. I ask headliners if I could open up they just won't take me in but then I look at it and I see that they're putting on guys who have TV credit. Sure, sure. that's what you think. And it's like your TV credit is you're on MTV for one second. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, is... like, do I have to lie about credits? Because I'm not going to do that. I don't have any, you know, I don't have a, a huge fan base. How do I get a fan base? I perform with right, people. Right. And see, that, see that's... Well, like, what's, what's, even more, what's even more frustrating is when somebody gets on a TV show and their agent goes... You know what you should do? You should do stand up. Exactly. <laughs> like, 
Exactly. And then, and then they go, yeah, I should do that. And then their agent goes, I'll call the Hollywood Improv or the Comedy Store or the, yeah. the Laugh Factory, and I'll get you spots. And then they go, oh, well, they're on a TV show. Sure, let them do spots. And it's like, oh, now we have to deal with these guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. and see, that's, that's sad because, like, I got – I got passed by the Laugh Factory, you know, so that was cool. But I still haven't got passed by Hollywood Improv. I, I have, I haven't, I've only performed at Hollywood Improv once, and Richard Villa gave me that spot, and no, you're gonna do he it fought again. hard for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Richard's a good guy. Yeah, and um, the Comedy Store, I just can't get into, even though I'm really good friends with Adam Egit. Well, I just, it's just a matter of time, you know. Yeah, but Steve, that was a, another question I had: is like, if you want to do the See, working the door at a comedy store compared to working the door at an improv, it's two different beasts. Because the comedy store has three rooms, sometimes three shows a night. The improv has one room, sometimes two shows a night. You know what I mean? So right, the- no, it's 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 tough. When, and you know what? Being a being a comedy store uh, door guy isn't what it it used to be. I mean, and even even speaking of Adam Egan, you know, Adam Adam has really done an amazing job of of. You know, and not not just Adam, but the management at the comedy store. They've done an amazing job of making the comedy store the coolest place in town. Yeah, I mean, they have. You know, the I ro- mean, that place is, is jam-packed all the time, yeah. and every celebrity in town wants to perform there. And and that's partially because of Adam, but, but at the same time, Adam is forgetting the idea of the door guy. No. You I- know, Mitzi Shore had a system where... If you were a door guy at the comedy store, you're important. Mm-hmm. And you're a mm-hmm. door guy at the comedy store because we think you're important and we think that you might have a career. See, that's, that's a good deal there. Yeah. That's not the, and, the same. And, and those door guys used to get stage time. Mm-hmm. And those door guys used to be a big part of the comedy store. And now because there's so many celebrities going on stage there, they've there's taken, just no room. I mean, they've taken the I'm, stage a national, I'm a national headliner with a Showtime special and a Netflix special. And... I don't get good spots there because the lineup is David Spade and Norm MacDonald and Joe Rogan and Bill Burr and Daniel Tosh and Chris D'Elia and all of these stars that Adam's been able to bring in. So what happens is because all these stars are there, then the door guys get forgotten about and guys like me who are road dogs, we start getting forgotten about. And that, and to me, as great as that is, that's a dangerous place to be I because it, because in five years, those road dogs become Bill Burr, become Louis C.K., become uh, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. I totally agree. And, I, yes, indeed. And those door guys become Chris D'Elia and, you know, um, Steve Renazizi and these TV stars. And Adam wasn't able to get them up. And they go, you know what? Screw this place. We'll go somewhere else. I, I agree. Um, but, but it's not. It's 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 a game that Adam has to figure out, and I don't think that Adam's doing it on purpose, and I don't think that Adam's a bad guy. I just think that that's where he's at right now, and it's it's scary. Oh, it's, Ad- it could be dangerous. Oh no, Adam is not a bad guy at all. He's the sweetest guy in the world. But when I, no, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting here bashing yeah. Adam. No, I'm just saying no, that he no, has, he has oh, a no, tough that- job. We gotta get that yeah, on the record, though. So, like in five years, when he listens to it, Adam, we love you. <laughs> but no, he's he, he's turned no, it, he's turned it around. He's made it sexy. We had we had Tommy on this podcast in season one, and um, that was fun. That was crazy. It, you know, he's a little nuts, you know. And um, Tommy never passed anybody unless you you know had something to give him. Does that make sense? So, like, I think Tommy didn't really know about stand-up and see adam used to work at the improv in phoenix so adam knows a lot about stand-up 
And I think, well, I mean, you know, you have to be careful with that statement because you get all these guys like you know. And look, I love Adam, you know, but you know, him and Tommy were good. We're good for the comedy store in certain ways, and and I think they're bad for the comedy store in certain ways. But it's going to be that way. There's not going to be anybody that books the comedy store that's going to be perfect. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I, I the, agree. The good thing, the the good thing about Tommy, he kept he tried his best to keep it the way Mitzi ran it. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's what he you told know, us. If, if if you if you weren't passed at the comedy store, you don't get to go up. And and you don't get to call in your avails. For example, for years, you know, Dane Cook wasn't passed there, so Tommy wouldn't let him up. Wow, I didn't know that. You, you know, and um, Sarah Silverman, um, um, Ron White. I mean, all these big names. And Tommy would go, "I'm sorry, they're not passed." Well, Ron White just got into the comic store a couple of months ago, didn't he? Well, see, and that's the thing that Adam's bringing back is Adam's kind of like, look, you should have been passed. You're a huge name. We'll take you. Yeah, but it, but uh, Jay Moore can't, or John Lovitz can't even get in. Um, so you know. So so like I like I said, it's a very it's a very difficult position to be in. Yeah. And and Adam has a a huge job, and people don't understand how hard his job is. Yeah. But yeah. you know, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion. I think Adam needs to think about taking care of some of those door guys, taking care of some of those road dogs, and some of those legends that have been around forever because, you know, they're a big part of the comedy store as well, you know? Uh, what do you think of the roast battle? Do you do you have fun judging those? Oh, dude, I think those are fun. Those yeah. are great. I mean, I, I think the roast battle is where we all started. I mean, you know, it, it's, very, it's very true to our roots. I mean... You know, when we were all growing up and, and in the parking lot, our, our in, I mean, in the schoolyard, and, and everybody was making fun of each other. I mean, that was some of the first places that that I performed. I remember, you know, me and my buddies bagging on each other and, and gathering a little crowd at recess and everybody going, oh, Trevino, and, you know, and I was, I was good at it. You <laughs> yeah, know, you know and uh... that's why I enjoy watching these young guys go at it at the comedy battle. And there's a really good, there's a really good, energy in there and it's a lot of fun i just don't think it'll ever be a tv show yeah yeah it's funny because the roasts in that have in the past have stood alone you know, with uh the, the classic uh insult comics like don uh, don rickles for example jack carter jack carter thank you um steve have you ever like uh, done a roast battle against a comic or do you just judge it like do you ever like when you're judging think oh that'd be fun just to roast somebody you like you, i mean you're you're no, a headliner now you so know, you yeah, no, even if I'm, you know, I just, I, I've never been, I used to be, and now I've never, I'm not the type to, I don't, I don't, I don't take, I don't, how, how do I explain it? I don't enjoy making fun of somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get yeah. that. You that, know, I mean, if, if the three of us were in a car and we're working, we're doing a gig together in my car, sure. Let's have some fun. Let's make fun of each other. But in public, making fun of somebody, it just makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes me feel... Um, uncomfortable. Um, uncomfortable. Well, you, you know, and I used to be a bully in high school. And, and I've grown out of that. And it just brings me back to... It's kind of bullyish to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I enjoy it and I love watching people go at it, you know. But me personally, I don't think I'd want to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just doesn't suit me. Yeah. 
and not, and not because I'm a headliner, I'm above it or anything. It's just just the way it makes me feel. Sure, it, but, it's it's not. I mean, look well, Steve again. Is not if, an there was, if there was a tight knit group in the parking lot and we we're all sitting there making fun of each other, sure. Yeah, but that well, really I, is an insult comic type of style. It's just Steve, you know. Well, I didn't I didn't mean Steve it like that. Play. What I meant it was because um, I've done it three times. I'm two and one. Woohoo! Not meaning to brag, but uh, but you did. But um. <laughs> But the the guy who runs it, he always says, "Hey, who do you want to roast now?" And I don't want to chew. I don't roast because I'm not a roast. You know, I don't like that humor and stuff. People challenge me, and then I was I said, "Oh, like just to be funny." But I was kind of serious. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I want to roast Jeff Ross," and they're like, "They're like, what? Are, are you crazy?" Yeah. Really, I was thing. like, "Why not? You might as well just roast the best. And even if you lose, you know, you mm-hmm. could say, "Hey, I roasted.'" You That's know? like getting in the ring with Muhammad Ali. Or, so the or, question was, because I wanted to see if you wanted to roast me in the future, Steve. One of the advantages, you know, I don't know if you know Jesus Trejo. I know you do, Keith. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Jesus Trejo, a, a lot of people don't realize that one of the reasons that he wins a lot, and, and not I mean, yes, he's witty, yes, he's funny, yes, he's talented, but he's also the underdog. Hmm. Yeah, and and, exactly. and and he win he wins a lot because you root for the underdog, yeah. you know. And good point. And when you're when you're a headliner competing against, um, and, and I'm not you, I'm using you Keith as an example. But if I were to, if I were to if I were to roast with you, they can't wait for you to win. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good yeah. point. You, you know what I mean? And yeah, so I I'm, I'm already at a disadvantage that here I come. Uh, uh, an established comedian going after a feature act yeah. on top of that that has autism. Are you freaking kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know, but dude, you just cracked yourself. I'm sorry. But no, it's, yeah. it's funny that you no, say that because every comedian who roasts me, like, it's like they don't have any any real good things to say they yeah. just say they just attack my autism and it's like i kind of expect it you know they go but after like, that like but like, to like me, blood that, yeah but they go for the throat the like, autism which, throat. which which to be honest with you if we did roast i would never go after see, steve your is autism. Nice. See, steve, yeah that's not that's steve well, i appreciate nice. that steve's a nice guy you, you know you, i'm sorry <laughs> Well, it's not that I, it's not that I'm nice. I, no, I just know people, and I know that I know that people will be really sensitive to the fact no. that me going after your autism, yeah. they'd be like, "Well, guy, not cool." You know what I mean? Sure. No matter how funny it was, yeah, it's a little 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 edge, well, little harsh. Well, you know what's weird is yeah. uh, a lot of great stand-ups have uh, have autism uh, or had autism, mm-hmm. like Robin Williams, for example. He never. Oh um, yeah, Robin Williams and and Tom Arnold and yeah. Tom Arnold. Um, I opened up for Tom Arnold and. Uh, this was a I Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, well, I'll tell the Tom Arnold story later. But um, the thing is, like, they have autism and Asperger's and stuff, and you know that's the thing. Like, but they're not known for that. You right. Know? right. And Robin Williams never, you know, really talked about no, it. Not. You know, Tom Arnold talks about it a little in his mm-hmm. act, but Dan Aykroyd, even when he did stand up, he didn't know he had autism. I, I never knew. You know, he he, talks. Yeah, he he found out he found out years later. I heard him in a on a Stern interview talk about that, and he said, you know, it's it's never it's never stopped me from doing anything. He goes, but I did find out later on that I did have it. Yeah. You know, and see that's the thing. Like when you have, because I have Asperger's, which is a form of autism, but it's um it's hard being a stand-up comedian with Asperger's because one, to be a stand-up comedian, you have to be funny. To be funny, you have to hear laughs. I don't hear laughs. 
I, I'm so dizzy by noise and light. I don't know if I'm funny or not. So, like, whenever I do a show, whoever's headlining. Well, let me, let me, let me help you. You're not. Oh, well, thank you. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no. But, but whenever, like, after a show, yeah. you know, I'll always ask the headliner, hey, do I do, did I do good and stuff? Yeah, and yeah. they get sick of it. And I was like, I just, I just want to know, like, you know. Yeah, they don't realize. Like, Steve, I even yeah. asked you after, you know, after the improv, I was like, hey, did I do, you know what I mean? Because sure, no, and, and 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 it's you know having having autism is like being Mexican. Yeah, everybody wants to put you on the the Mexican show. You know what I mean? That's true. Sure, sure. And you, you know everybody wants to bring it up. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I I walked into a morning show to do morning press and they play freaking Mexican music as I walk in and I'm like, really? <laughs> I you know, that's, that's know I'm more than that. Unbelievable. I, you know? I get that too because like. On my sitcom that I want, I want to, I want to talk about autism, but I don't want it to be known as the autism yeah. show. Sure, you know, what I mean? sure, it's, that's not the, that's not the punchline. Yeah, you know, but that it has to be, you know, mm-hmm. around it. But I totally get what you, you know, mean about you know sitcoms not, you know, giving a fair chance to Latinos and stuff for that reason, you know. So, oh, they'll get they'll give me a sitcom as long as I I be nerd up, you yeah. know, and I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, I mean, it's like if somebody went up to you and said, listen, we're going to do a show. It's all about autism. Sure. You know, I'm more than that. Yeah, I'll say that. And you, then I'll say I'll only do it if there's a part with, with uh, Steve Trevino. <laughs> Clever. I made a word here. <laughs> but no, I, I seriously, uh, I ser- if that ever does happen, uh, you have my word. I, I'll, I'll, I'll honor right, that. There you go. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And, and. Let me tell you, dude. It's a uh, it's a long road, and it's a uh, it's a fun road, and it's it a difficult indeed. road. And you know, there's times where I look at my career, and it's funny because you you know that the feeling of being the new guy, mm-hmm. it never goes away. Oh yeah, and especially when you've been doing it for a long time, and then like I I don't know about you, but I get really jealous when a comic who hasn't been doing it as long as I gets more opportunities. I'm like, really. Well, there's no fair, well, you there's know, no fairness. Uh, you, that's that's one of the the obstacles that that's, you have to overcome, and there comes a point where you know you have to get to where I'm at now, where I don't I don't really care about anybody else. Yeah, you know, but but at the same time, I know that they know that I'm a damn good comedian, and you are, you're, and you definitely are, yeah. and you're going to get a second. You know, and that's yeah, a good it. point he's making to everybody about that. Uh, that's life. It's 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 not fair, and you have to stay focused on who you are. Well, see, that's why that's what makes Steve such a great comic because he he is he's showing that you know he's sticking to the stand up roots and he's you know he's well, selling out shows you know. Well, and, that's how his Texans are. Yeah, but Steve. he's doing it based well, on his stand up. <laughs> no, I know because he believes. You know, in himself, I've, he believes I've in had I've had I've had many you know people door guys at the comedy store. They come up to me and they go, Steve, I want your career, and I go. Go, wait a minute! You don't you don't want my career. You want you want Chris D'Elia's career or, or Steven Zizi's career? They go no. They go oh, we want your career, and I say why? And they go because you have integrity. Yeah, because I, I because agree. because because Steve, you do things on your terms the way you want to do them, and you have you make a living doing stand up comedy without worrying about and and not that D'Elia or or Renazizi have, don't have integrity. I'm just saying that these are things that they've said. To me, you that's know what a, I mean. Man, that's a great compliment. And, that, uh, and, yeah, and they, they see integrity in what I do, and they see uh, uh, they see that that I do things on my terms and I do them my way, and 
I was raised, my daddy's, one of our mottos as a Trevino, my daddy used to say, we're Trevinos. We don't, we don't kiss ass, we kick ass. Excellent. Well, Steve, I hate to cut this short, but the director just said that uh, our time is Where's up. The, oh, but, for um, sakes. I didn't see Thank you, you so much for the interview. Uh, is there a Twitter that people could follow you on? At, at Mr. Steve Trevino. Uh, my fan page is um, Steve Trevino. My Facebook is Steve Trevino. And my Instagram is Texas Trevino. If anybody oh, wants to Texas continue this conversation and ask me a question or send me whatever, I, I'm always willing to 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 have a conversation. I, re- I really appreciate you guys, and, and hopefully you. I get to come back. Oh, thank you so much for doing it, buddy. I really appreciate it. We, we tried really to get did. you last season, so it was good that we got well, you tonight. Keep, keep me posted, fellas. Thank you so much. All right, Steve. Thank have you, a good Steve. Night, buddy. Good night. Bye. Take care. Good night. That's a good guy. Oh, nobody's right. funnier than Steve, man. Uh, you know, did... I loved I loved the way he was giving you know uh, all that knowledge, uh, and I'll tell you, it reminded me of uh, you know Norm when he when he gave us that all that information there. In San yeah, Diego. we'll talk that, about that on a different trip. But the director is waving his hands. Oh my! So, uh, Alan so, Lee, yes. Uh, anything coming up this week? Well, um, I'm going to be in town. All right. Sweet. Um, <laughs> next week, uh, I can't announce who the yeah. guest is because it's a big celebrity guest. Okay. And, uh, it's going to be a surprise. You, yeah, and you can't announce it in case, mm-hmm. you know, their schedule. Yeah. But uh, tune keep, in keep, next week. Um, please do. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. that it's still committed and he doesn't have anything else going on. Thank you guys so much. I'm Keith Reza. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Until then, God bless and adios, amigos. Good night. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.